Look what your brother did to the door. Ain't he got no pride in his home? Hey, watchers. In the spirit of Thanksgiving and sharing a meal with family and loved ones, we wanted to bring you a slice of Texas family values. And if you think you have a hard time getting together with your family for the holidays, be thankful you weren't invited to this family's dinner table. So hurry up chasing down tonight's main dish and drag Grandpa down the stairs for supper, because we're about to hammer our way through 1974's terrifying horror classic, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Welcome to the Midnight Watch Podcast, the show where we discuss classic, cult, and modern classic movies. We're your hosts, Jeremy and Josh Baruto, and we try to review movies that are at least 10 years old and see what kind of an impact they made or are still making on culture and the film industry. And fair warning, we're big on spoilers here. We rate these movies in four categories. Number one, the level of impact and success it had when it was released. Number two, how relevant is it today? Number three, our own personal enjoyment of this movie. And number four, is it a midnight watch? Well, I'm just going to jump the gun and say how much I really like this movie. And uh, that's kind of a total surprise to me. I, I this, To be honest, I, this is one movie I was on, I picked it because I wanted you to watch it. And I knew you probably would never watch it unless <laughs> I... Uh, just because it was... Uh, I think we're both kind of jumping the gun on this. But it took me forever to watch this movie myself. And oh, you I, too? Yeah, and then when I finally saw it, I was like, okay, like, we got to talk about this movie. Which this movie was wow. not on our, this movie is not on our list for this year. Like, it was literally like no. a couple weeks ago that I was, I was like, why? Let's do that for Thanksgiving. It'll be funny. <laughs> and you were like, right. All right, fine. I guess we will. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, and I've said this to you, you know, numerous times. I, as far as subgenres of horror go, I've never been a fan of the whole, I don't know, torture porn, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. And to me, this, I don't know, it just seemed really extreme. And I remember when I was younger, seeing, you know, previews for this or just seeing the uh, the movie at the video store or the, um, right. something like that. And just thinking like, oh my gosh, that's got to be the most terrifying, disgusting, you know, right, gory, you know, video movie I could ever see. And so that was always just kind of stuck in the back of my mind. And so even as I really came to love the horror genre, this one was always just like, I don't think I'm ever going to watch it. I'm just not into that, you know, right. over the top, um, whatever you want to call it. And it just, so yeah, but you making me watch it, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then I was just totally blown away. Just, uh, you know, so I watched it a few days ago and it has just been stuck in my head right? Uh, in a good way. <laughs> right. Yeah. No joke. Um, so yeah, we're changing up the way we do this a little bit. So, so we finally, we can remember, uh, Josh, you, the first time you watched this. So you said a couple days ago, right? Okay. A couple days ago. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I, uh, first time I saw this. Okay. So first time I saw this all the way through was like probably seven months ago. Cause it, I tried oh, to start this so movie. Was like really recent for you too. Yeah. Like I tried to watch wow. this movie multiple times throughout this year and I'm not going to lie, the first 30 minutes of this movie is slow. Um, and so the only the only thing that, with the characters, they don't really, for me, they didn't really make me feel anything except for annoyance by Frankie. Because uh, I was just like, oh my yeah. gosh, Franklin, excuse me. I was just like, right. dude, that guy, 
excellent actor because he annoyed the crap out of me like the entire time i was just like right. oh frankly oh, he nailed it that yeah. was that, that was his character right he did a great job but um anyways yeah so uh, yeah i started i literally started this movie three times and got a little bit farther in each time and the last time i was like okay so i'm going to watch this movie and i'm just gonna leave it on and i'm gonna finish it because i like to i like to watch classic movies sometimes just to see it you know and sure. yeah, and then the movie finally got going and then I like the movie, it was over before I knew it. So it, for me, it's right around like the 35, 40 minute mark that the movie just grabs me and doesn't, didn't let go the entire time. Which, and that's, I got to add to that. I, as annoying as Franklin is at the beginning, I was really intrigued with the camera shots and just the, the angles he had. And it was, to me, the cinematography was actually very interesting because in a lot of slasher movies in that time period and even well into the 80s they're they're just so canned as far yeah. as how the shots are and it's almost just like we just need to get we're trying to get this out of the way so we can get onto the the gruesome stuff yeah and there wasn't that at all like he was really i mean there's not like a whole lot of story here but at the same time he's not wasting any of his shots that i, I that i felt right so uh, no I, I, probably, I totally agree like looking yeah. back at this movie and seeing it came out at the time, like the Grindhouse films, which was like gratuitous nudity and then like over the top gore, um, like all X-rated movies. You know, the the I don't know if they're even on the video nasty list, but like a majority of the Grindhouse flicks are like super low budget, just like shock movies. And this movie, right. you're right, it does. Even in the first minutes, even though I didn't enjoy the first forty minutes of this movie, like. I understand though it's shot way better than than those a lot of those movies around that time. It's not campy. It's played it's played very serious, and yeah. uh, I I did think that that was cool. So like looking at it, at the time that it came out, um, I appreciate the way that they decided to actually film the first half because I actually do think it does make the second half more intense. So okay, yeah, for sure. Let me okay. drop. We should probably do the little, other stuff first because right, we're just jumping <laughs> right wait. into it. Now we're skipping. Cannot the rest wait to talk about this. I know. <laughs> so um, dropping a little bit of info here. So it was directed by Toby Hooper. Uh, screenplay by Toby Hooper and Kim Henkel. The score was by Wayne Bell and Toby Hooper, which I think is kind of funny that they actually said this movie has a score because it, it doesn't right. actually. It's the majority of sound effects from the slaughterhouse. Um, right. which I thought works very well. I, I really enjoyed oh, that. It's amazing. Yeah. So unsettling. Uh, the budget was $140,000 and then the box office was $30 million. So massive, massive hit in the seventies. Cause nowadays that's a really good turnaround for your money. And, right. uh, back then, especially in the seventies, so 30 million, that is a massive hit. It is starring, uh, Marilyn Burns, Alan Danziger, Paul Parchian, William Vale, Terry McMinn, Edwin Neal, Jim Sadow, Gunnar Hansen, and John Dugan. So if you have heard of any of these uh, actors or actresses, it's probably because you like the movies from around that area or that, that area era. Um, right. I didn't I didn't recognize any of these people, but um, did you know any of these actors? Gunnar Hansen only because of uh, just um, he's famous for being Leatherface, so that's gotcha. that's all I had. I just I recognize his name just from I don't know seeing like on for different comic cons or whatever you know people the the list of people who are going to be there and you know you'd see that or I remember coming across some articles yeah um, about him so that's it though yeah for real okay we got a lot to talk about so first let's talk about the plot Josh what's the All synopsis right, here, here, here we go folks 
Sally Hardesty and her paraplegic brother Franklin and their friends Jerry, Kirk, and Pam visit the grave of the Hardesty's grandfather to investigate reports of vandalism and grave robbing. Afterwards, they decide to visit the old Hardesty family homestead. Along the way, they pick up a hitchhiker who talks about his family who worked at the old slaughterhouse. He borrows Franklin's pocket knife and cuts himself, then takes a single Polaroid picture of Franklin for which he demands money. When they refuse to pay, he burns the photo and slashes Franklin's left arm with a straight razor. The group forces him out of the van and drive on. They stop at a gas station to refill their vehicle, but the proprietor tells them that the pumps are empty. They continue toward the homestead, intending to return to the gas station once it has received a fuel delivery. When they arrive, Franklin tells Kirk and Pam about a local swimming hole, and the couple go to find it. They stumble upon a nearby house, and Kirk calls out for gas, entering through the unlocked door, while Pam waits outside. Leatherface, a large, mute man wearing a mask made from human skin, suddenly appears and kills Kirk with a hammer. Pam enters soon after and trips into a room filled with furniture made from human bones. She attempts to flee, but Leatherface catches her and impales her on a meat hook, making her watch as he butchers Kirk with a chainsaw. Kirk heads out to look for Pam, or sorry, Jerry heads out to look for Pam and Kirk at sunset. He sees the house and finds Pam still alive inside a freezer. Before he can react, Leatherface kills him. When darkness, or with darkness falling, Sally and Franklin set out to find their friends. As they near the neighboring house and call out, Leatherface lunges from the darkness and kills Franklin with a chainsaw. Sally runs toward the house and finds the desiccated remains of an elderly couple upstairs. She escapes from Leatherface by jumping through a second floor window and flees to the gas station. The proprietor calms her down with offers of help, but then ties her up, gags her, and forces her into his truck. He drives to the house, arriving at the same time as the hitchhiker, now revealed as Leatherface's brother. The hitchhiker recognizes Sally and taunts her. The men torment the bound and gag Sally while Leatherface, now dressed as a woman, serves dinner. Leatherface and the hitchhiker bring down one of the desiccated bodies from upstairs, that of their grandpa. He is revealed to be alive when he sucks blood from a cut on Sally's finger. They decide that Grandpa, the best killer in the old slaughterhouse, should kill Sally. He tries to hit her with a hammer, but he is too weak. In the ensuing struggle, she breaks free, leaps through a window, and flees to the road. Leatherface and the hitchhiker give chase, but the latter is run over and killed by a passing truck. Leatherface attacks the truck with his chainsaw, and when the driver stops to help, he knocks Leatherface down with a pipe wrench, causing the chainsaw to cut his leg. The driver flees, and Sally escapes in the back of a passing pickup truck, as Leatherface maniacally flails his chainsaw in the air in anger and defeat. And that is from Wikipedia. Yet again, you know what they say, Yet if, if it ain't broke, don't break it. <laughs> anyways. <Right. laughs> so, anyways, the straight up, uh, I actually enjoyed this movie more after the more I looked into the making of it and seeing like um, Edwin Neal, the hitchhiker, him talking just normal, and then of course uh, Gunnar Hansen talking. They're both like super chill and relaxed, and right. um, he. Edwin Neal does such a good job because the first time I watched the movie, I've seen him his part with the hitchhiker, hitchhiker four times now or five times now, and I couldn't. Uh, were, now after watching the movie all the way through the first time, the second time watching it uh, again for, for us to review it, I really enjoyed actually what he was doing, and then see him talk in the back or in the, in the making of it, and I was like, 
this guy actually is a really good actor, so I appreciated right. that. But I, I still think my favorite character, hands down, though, is the old man. He's always yelling at everybody. He's like, <laughs> right. oh, you do that. Oh, why don't you have right. any pride in yourself? <laughs> Anyways, because like every, every one minute, he's like, it'll be okay. Now, hush, hush. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And then like the next second, he's yelling at somebody. I, I really liked his character, though, because he's a likable person, even when he's sitting at the table. And they're all talking and they're like, or not talking, but they're all making fun of her and yelling. And he's obviously crazy too, but it's just, I don't know. I liked his character a lot. And I liked his character in the second movie a lot too. But anyway, so actually I can't, I can't agree. I like his character. I haven't seen the second movie, so I have no idea how he is in the second one, but I will say real, real quick. I actually do want to review the second movie sometime because it is drastically different than this movie. This movie is very serious. The second movie is literally a parody of this movie. And I actually, at first I hated it the first time I saw it. And uh, now I want to talk about it. So we'll talk about the first one first. Right. Well, I think real quick on that, I think it's just kind of amazing that the director of the original movie would come back to parody his own movie. Right. um, maybe that's done before. I just, I just don't know about it, but that, that was kind of new to me that someone would do that. Right. Kind of cool. I don't know that much about Toby Hooper. I've, I know that he was hard to work with, but he was definitely an artist. And right. I know that a lot of people got hurt on this movie while they were filming it. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Well, I think that's something to be said for a lot of low budget independent films, especially when it's a director um, you know, this is their first full movie that they're working on, which this wasn't his first movie. He had another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoops. I just, just lost my notes. Go I back. thought it was a short. Uh, um, I, I think it was a full movie. He did. Um, no, he did a short. Eggshells was an actual movie. Was it? Okay. I thought it was a short. Yeah. So, okay. He did a short before that called Down Friday Street. Okay. I did not watch Eggshells. I'm not... So it's kind of funny. I actually haven't seen that many movies by to- uh, Toby Hooper, even though he's hailed as like a. Have you, hmm? have you seen Poltergeist? I did, but I don't know if technically that's a Toby Hooper movie because there's a controversy about that about Steven uh, Spielberg oh, stepping right. in and actually that. filming about most of the movie. So it's very like hush hush. Did Toby Hooper actually finish it or not? Because he's walked out on right. movies before. So, like, he walked out on the movie The Fun House and, uh, before they finished filming it, and, but even it's credited to him. So, I know he was really hard to work with, but... Right. Anyways... Uh, but anyways, now, yeah. Yeah. What I was trying to say earlier was, as far as um, a lot of low-budget indie films, you definitely have to work with what you got, and you really have to make everything count because your budget is so tight. Maybe you... Um, I know, like, here, they had such a crazy, insane, tight shooting schedule. I mean, just shooting super long hours in the you know boiling heat of the texas summer and people passing out and people you know you have one set of wardrobe and you're not washing it so it's just getting sweaty and nasty and yeah just so much of that but it really adds to the intensity of the movie and even um um when sally is you know being tortured or tormented put it that way and she's screaming and it's so genuine. Right. It's, it is, you know, it's crazy how you get pushed to that limit. And it's very, obviously it's very believable because I think she was kind of, I think they were pushed to that limit. Really in, yeah. It was, she was in that state of mind. <laughs> so it wasn't even really acting at that point. Um, yeah. But yeah, every, all the shots, I mean, it really reminds me, um, I don't know, of like early Tarantino or early, um, 
Robert Rodriguez, two of my favorites, especially back in the day. But those are guys that really did some interesting stuff on their very earliest work. Right. And I feel like you could see this here. And I wanted to tie that into when we did Aliens in the last episode, or Alien, rather. Mm -hmm. uh, Ridley Scott said he was very influenced by Texas Chainsaw. And... I remember you said I don't know. at the time we recorded, you hadn't seen Texas Chainsaw, so you were like, I don't understand right. that. Right. What do you think now? But actually, I feel at least from how they made the movie and from the seriousness of the shots and the realism and whatnot, I feel like that was something that I definitely see in those two movies. Yeah. Uh, I don't see a lot of wasted shots, and it seems like there's a lot of thoughtfulness that went into each one. Yeah. And... Though the the horror mechanism, I mean, of course, they're being chased and stalked. I mean, that's that's just a slasher thing, or I mean, I don't know. It's th that was a little too obvious, but I just feel like the quality of the movie coming from two young, uh, basically unknown directors. Uh, right. I definitely see where that influence was, in my opinion. Well, just think about it. So uh, Ridley Scott, pro I don't think he directed anything when, by the time this movie came out because this was. Uh, what was that? Five five years before this movie, um, or after this well, movie with the Alien? He did the Duelist. I don't know when that one came out. Okay, I don't remember? But I, it's kind of funny. This movie is really, it really does deserve itself as a as a horror classic, a horror staple, and a pillar a pillar of horror. Because there's so many things in this movie that happens for the first time in a movie that becomes a horror horror trope later. And right. you know, like it, it's just it's it's really well done. It's such a cheap indie film. And the thing I love too, for a movie that's called Chainsaw Massacre, there's almost no blood in this movie, and there's almost no yes. gore in this movie. Yeah, and that's I, crazy. I absolutely love that. I love off-screen violence, um, just because if it's done correctly, your brain makes that scene so much more traumatic and intense than if there had been blood and guts everywhere. Right. And the thing I like about this too, I actually wouldn't consider this movie torture porn. Um, is No, not at all. Because the reason I think Leatherface is so scary in this movie, not really in any of the other ones, but in this one, because when he shows up, then like, boom, the, somebody's dead in like five seconds flat. And it, there's, oh, yeah. there's no slow like, oh no. Like, but like the first three people, he just kills without even trying then the first right. four people he kills everybody like just super quick and yeah the only reason and sally is the one that gets dragged out for like 10 minutes i think which is the last 10 minutes of the movie and right and then she doesn't and she makes it actually which i like i like that she made that and it made sense in the story too right no it totally does i mean you gotta have i mean that's that's a little bit of a trope i guess having a good final girl but that's what, kind of what we love about these movies anyway so that's but what that uh, she was one of the early final girls though and so right. that's uh that's pretty cool but she didn't really she wasn't a hero of the movie though she was just trying to freaking get away and i just pure survivor yeah i like how <laughs> the i really like how the when the truck driver shows up and she flags him down, he takes one look at Leatherface and he's like, yeah, either there's no questions. <laughs> he's like, I'm out. And yeah, this dude's crazy. Let's go. I mean, don't get me wrong. You got a big guy with a chainsaw and a mask on that you're, right. you know, it just at a glance I'm running. So like that totally makes right. sense. But, um, yeah, it's funny. Some of the blood in this movie is actually real blood, though. Um, like, Mar uh, yeah, that's insane. Uh, Marilyn Burns, uh, Sally, when she's running through the bushes, that's all her blood. She got scraped up like crazy when she was running through that. And oh, then, yeah, all that brush. Yeah, and then the dinner scene when they're gonna have Grandpa like suck the blood from her finger—that's her blood too, because the 
the knife with the blood inside it wasn't going well, so she jerked her hand on purpose so Gunner would cut her actual finger. And um, and so, like, they actually had blood there. So that, I thought that was pretty intense. Because the guy, Gunnar Hansen, who plays Leatherface, he's such a nice guy in real life. Like, all these people are, like, <laughs> they're all super nice, except for probably right. Toby Hooper. But right. But they're all, like, super nice people. Except it's funny, Edwin Neal, the hitchhiker, he said he had such a horrible time filming that movie that he had mentioned that, like, he would kill Toby Hooper on, on sight if he ever saw him again. Like, he, he hates right. him. Well, I know Toby Hooper was kind of scared to run into anybody from the cast for years because they had such a bad experience together because he really pushed everyone, you know, beyond their limits. Right. You just don't. I mean, I'm sure it still happens, but that was that was pretty bananas. Oh, yeah. No, especially the scene where Jim Sadow, the old man, gets Sally in the bag and uh, he just is beating her with like a broom handle. Like yeah. that scene's real. Like they literally, he was like trying to like fake it, and then Toby was like, "Just hit her, dude!" And he oh, was wow. like, he kept not wanting to hit her, and then Sally was finally like, "Just hit me!" And it was a real broom handle. It wasn't like balsa wood or anything. So she actually got like bruises from that scene. So when he's going to town on her, like that's real. The scene when the hitchhiker he shows up and he starts beating him in front of the the uh, truck, that's real. <laughs> and like. Uh, yeah, and the part at the end when um, Leatherface uh, gets the what the crowbar or whatever to the face, and he falls down, and the chainsaw falls on his oh, leg. The wrench, yeah. excuse me, the wrench. Um, that scene, um, they had a metal plate on his leg, and then they had like cow guts on top of it, and then the, it, the, of course, so when they cut into his leg, it cuts the cow the cow guts, and then but it it right. it heated up the metal plate so much that it burned Gunner in the suit, and he was yelling for real. A lot of people got hurt wow. in this movie. It's just cr- yeah. it's crazy. But um, but the thing is, though... But like, that's also... It's crazy that these actors... I mean, at first, you're kind of like, oh, man, they were getting abused. They kept doing it. Oh, yeah. They, they kept... I mean, they were definitely dedicated to their craft in such a insane way, too. Right. Well, uh, especially Marilyn Burns, the fact that she was yelling at Jim Sado. She was like, just hit me. Like, let's get the scene. Right. That's pretty crazy. Well, like, the, that finger scene with Grandpa, that to me is the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, and then like they were talking about too how the way that he moves when he's like sucking on her finger and he looks like a little infant getting milk where it, like his hands are like coming up and he's like, oh, like that's creepy versus if he was just sitting oh there gosh. and like doing that, like right. it's just creepier. They did a lot of thought into, uh, into this. One thing I thought was really cool is the psychosis of Leatherface is that he there's nobody be- behind the mask the the masks right. that he wears are his personality so he has three different masks in this movie which is why when he comes out during the dinner time and he's wearing the girl mask of like um is he's the homemaker right then and stuff and so like then there's a yeah and so I thought that was interesting so he's supposed to be a mentally challenged person that right is just if he was born into any family like just that area, the, the other people around him obviously are all. That's a sick family, and so he's just right. trying to like please them. He's obviously af- afraid of his dad and stuff. Well, I assume that's his dad. They don't really I say. I think it's his brother, the old man. Yeah, uh, I thought so. I thought they were all brothers, but I don't know. Yeah, they're definitely either an uncle or something. I'm not sure. I don't know. I definitely want to get into that too. This is. I don't know too many movies in the 60s and 70s that handicapped people were betrayed in i mean looking at franklin his character is definitely a whiny baby 
But at the same time, they, other than, you know, helping him out of the van and whatnot, they actually treat him pretty much like one of them. They, like they don't, yeah. they don't fully, I don't know, give into his being a baby and, and kind of, you know, milking his, uh, his handicap. Cause they just, just like, no, you're just one of us. You're a normal person. And having worked with disabled adults in the past, um, that was such a big thing for me to learn is that they're just normal people like the rest of us. We treat them like you would anyone else. Right. I mean, that it's, it's not something that you have to, uh, I mean, you, you'd be respectful obviously, but you don't treat them like a baby. You don't, you know, coddle them or anything like that. I mean, you, they're just, you know, one of the guys and they, they kind of showed that I thought very well in this movie and especially for a movie in the seventies. Yeah. And then also looking at, you know, the Sawyer family, they're obviously very messed up. Right. Um, a lot of inbreeding there, apparently. A lot of, yeah. And so there's some, there's some, you know, mental disability going on. But to me, I was really, I really felt like Leatherface, I don't know, he's almost not a bad guy right. to me. Because no, I he's agree. just a product, a product of, I mean, being abused. I mean, he's, you know, the old guys totally harping on him. Even the, the little brothers always yelling at him and to me it's like if you were that um you know mentally disabled and growing up in that environment i mean you just right you know you don't want to make excuses for people but when you're like that you don't really have a choice i mean you you really are going to be how you were raised and then he just he seems scared right i feel like he was he's scared of the rest of the family and like one of the earliest scenes where i don't know if it was after the after he killed pam or before he killed pam but he goes into the living room and he's sitting there looking out the window and to me i just got that vibe like he was just kind of like unsettled like he didn't know what to do right like, no i agree almost like scared and to me that's so amazing because he's you know he's billed as and most people see him as one of these terrifying he's like jason Voorhees or freddy krueger or michael uh michael myers myers thank you um you know he's up in those that that level of you know insane monster and I kind of feel bad for him. I kind of felt bad for the whole family. It's just so sad how, right. how they were. and But it was just so real to me. Because even the hitchhiker, um, you're, you're way better with all their actual names. But um, I thought he, because in a lot of these other slasher movies, when you have the psycho family or the psycho killer, they're just silly. Right. Like they're just, it, it's it's uncomfortable to watch because it's just bad acting. And they're just, oh, they're just crazy. Ah. Right. And this these characters, I mean, I feel like these actors really took these characters super seriously and really tried to, you know, convey, this is how I've seen people with mental disabilities behave. Right. And I feel like they really captured that on, you know, on screen. And then it was just not copied very well in other movies, you know, since then. Yeah. Um, at least, at least in that genre for the next 10, 15 years or whatever. Um, which also makes me I wish for as much as this movie was copied, like the concepts from it and whatnot and other movies, I wish they would have paid attention to how Toby Hooper made this movie. Right. I feel like it was made so well. And all they did was they just took the, the, you know, the scary element of it and ran with it and then made a crappy movie, which I love a lot of those crappy movies. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I was shocked at how, what a great indie film this is. Um, just like I was just was so impressed with alien, especially for the time period and everything that how that's made. Yeah blown away blown away no for sure and the the thing that also is just going back to leatherface uh, as well being unsure after he kills pam uh, but technically actually the actress who plays pam says that she believes that her character actually escaped that she's a fighter because you actually don't see her die see you don't you see her on the meat hook and then you see her like freaking out in the fridge and you don't see her again 
but right. versus everybody else, Franklin is Franklin is actually only one person gets chainsawed in this movie. Technically, right. it's Franklin, and uh, but the first two guys they get um, the thing. Okay, so it's cool. They set up the kills really well. The first guy, Kirk. Who gets killed? He gets hit in the head once, and they specifically talk about how uh, the hitchhiker, when he's in the car, talks about how you got to be really good at hitting them because if you, you hit them once and they're right. good, but if you don't, then they start twitching, and you got to hit them again a couple times to kill them. Right. And yes. that's exactly how Kirk dies: is he gets hit once and he starts his body starts spazzing out, um, right. and then he Leatherface hits him again and kills him. And then the second one, Jerry, comes around the corner and one hit and he's dead. And so. Right. The thing, uh, so um, I totally jumped uh, things. But anyways, Leatherface, though, this is also <laughs> one of the uh, only movies where the victim scares the villain. So when um, when Marilyn Burns, is, Sally, is running around upstairs, and then Leatherface yeah. comes in, and she comes down the stairs, and like he looks at her, and he's yelling, too, because he's like, oh, and he sees her right. and like jumps and then goes after her. So like right. that kind of really cements the idea that he's not really enjoying the chase, I would say, personally. He's just like, strangers are coming into my house. I'm going to kill them, you know, because he kills right. everybody. It, it almost it almost felt like just defending your property. Like, right. And then, I mean, everyone, everyone does it, but to me, it definitely feels like a Southern thing where it's, you know, get off my property. Right. You know, Don't you respect thing. the door? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'll do that scene. That scene cracked me up so much because he's in the middle of, you know, trying to kill these people and eat them. And he's like, that door, he's freaking out about the door. Right. Oh, I love that. I do love that scene, too, because when she escapes to the barbecue, you don't know that the old man is part of the crew yet still. Yeah. And you expect Leatherface to bust in and kill him. Like, you, you keep right. waiting for him, and he keeps sticking his right. head out the door. and you're like, where is he? Why right. doesn't he come in? Like, why wouldn't he come in? Right, he's right behind him. Like, why did he just disappear? That's such, like, ah, uh, and you think about it now, like, I mean, you know why, and that makes sense completely with his character, but at first you're like, he's the boogeyman. Like, what did he do? Because you don't know anything about Leatherface at that time. Right. And... And so, anyways, I love that, and then I love the turn when she looks and sees the barbecue, and you realize, oh, they were eating human flesh earlier in the movie. Franklin's right. eating with has that sausage right. hanging out of his 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 mouth, and the watch <laughs> just it, munching away. Watching it a second time, that scene is so gross, right? Which they delve into that more in the second movie, but um, yeah, I just I love that twist because you're just waiting, and once you realize the the old man. I, I okay. So the first time I watched it, I didn't realize the old man was with the crew. I thought he was just a weirdo until he rolled up, and then like the hitchhiker was talking to him, and he started beating the hitchhiker. And I was like, "Wait a second, okay, so they're all like, connected." He knows him, right? That's when I was like, "Okay." So I don't know if I was just stupid and didn't notice that. What did you know that he was part of the family? I was suspicious okay. that that he was, or that somehow. Uh, he was he was definitely with them somehow. I didn't realize he was family, right? But I definitely thought, well, he's obviously selling, you know, human sausage, so right, um, and and various barbecue. So that's um, he was definitely using them for his product, yeah, because <laughs> he's he is the cook. You're just um, the cook. You don't know anything. We don't, yeah, Leatherface <laughs> and I do all the work. <laughs> ah, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would i do want to watch this movie more and just re- memorize the old man's lines because the way he just yells right. at everybody um he's my favorite character hands down he's he, yeah he's very fun well that's that's the thing i feel like now that i've seen this movie i mean it's really been in my head just thinking about the different elements of it um and it makes me want to rewatch it because 
knowing things like the hitchhiker. Well, I, going back to when they first pick up the hitchhiker when he's talking about the slaughterhouse, like knowing generally what the movie's about, it's like, okay, he's talking about something having to do with, you know, killing people and eating them. Right. And so you, you kind of get an idea that that's what it's setting up, but it really, really sets it up. And then when you, when you see him later, cause you already suspected that he's part of the family, you know, cause he was trying to get him to just say, hey, come on down to my house. Right. And, uh, you know, put a short in the movie quite a bit, but, um, it definitely makes me want to watch the movie again, just to, yeah, just to see how different things tie in even more. Right. No, absolutely. I was just thinking about this for some reason. I saw the remake when it first came out, like a couple of years after it came out. And I don't remember a lot which, from that movie. Which one? The one the one with, with Jessica McConaughey? Oh, yeah. We should talk about that. This movie has been remade more than it has sequels. Like, I'm not kidding. Right. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 is a remake. Um, let's see. Then you've got, uh, yeah, Matt McConaughey, The Next Generation. That's pretty much a remake. Then you've got right. the actual remake in 2003. And then you've got... Another uh, movie, Leatherface, I think is the newest one in the series that like tells about is a, is a prequel one. So technically, yeah, you got three remakes in the same series. And it's pretty crazy. You know, Viggo Mortensen is actually in the third movie. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. It's a horrible movie, but anyways, um, yeah, I just I love me some Viggo Mortensen. Um, right. <laughs> uh, I do. This is actually one of the uh, horror movie series though where I haven't seen most of the movies. I've I've seen mm. the remake. Um, I think I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You mean the most, the one, yeah, you said the one with Jessica Biel. Yeah. So that's, I think that's the one I've seen, I've seen like the second half of it or something. It was on at work in the break room one day. Yeah. For some reason though, watching this movie, I didn't remember that there was a whole family and I just kept waiting for Leatherface to show up. And so I didn't get, I was like, why is the hitchhiker, like why, this is wasted time. Like this is so stupid. (laughs) And then like getting through the movie and now I'm like, oh, it totally makes sense. Like you said earlier, there's not a wasted shot in this movie. Um, They really handle their, the movie's not that, it's like an hour and 40 minutes long and they handle their time very well. Yeah. Cause that's, if that's something I've noticed in a lot of these, um, you know, especially a lot of these early uh, slasher movies and whatnot or some of those uh, Italian horror movies that we've been watching there are some long drawn out scenes right. just of people walking or just I don't know man they're just trying to fill up the time or something but just very unnecessary shots or just just so much longer than they need to be and this movie just the the pacing is fantastic yes absolutely dude uh, one thing that I thought was cool too is I watched it this time paying attention to it. So Gunnar Hansen, Leatherface, he ran, he could run faster than Sally. So he had to constantly <laughs> do stuff to slow down so he wouldn't catch her. But I love that camera angle where it's like a dead on camera angle and she's running and you can see her, her him right behind her. And right. it, they do that scene camera angle a couple times. I just love that. Like that chase is so well crafted like he it's it's it makes sense to why he would stop and like hack at the bushes and then keep moving like right because he's not like yeah i just i love that so much um well it was crazy to me too because i remember as i'm watching it i'm like that's a big dude and he's running hard yeah in in the hot sun and he's keeping up with her the whole time so at first i was thinking man they must have done a lot of takes of this because how can you not get winded i mean she's obviously a lot smaller right thinner um you know i was assuming she could you know run circles around him 
then come to find out he's already six four and then he was wearing three inch platform heels right? to make himself even bigger and he's running her down like like a linebacker or something right <laughs> and the thing because they killed every other buddy every everybody else in this movie so fast you know if he catches her she's dead like there's no right. drawn out there's no him toying with her he doesn't toy nope. with anybody he's just like no they're gone like i'd say that he i think michael myers is a, is a scarier villain because of the whole stalking thing but right like in source of seeing somebody and then knowing like you're going to die very quickly leatherface hand, hands down oh yeah um, yeah and unlike unlike freddy who definitely like a cat loves to play with his right victims before he gets them this is like that to me that first kill is was amazing oh um it was just so quick it was just like oh hi whap. yeah and then just he slams boom, the door sledgehammer to the head yeah yeah it's such a final just, movement yeah so i mean it's just so understated even it was just bam bam you know he's you know the legs twitching and everything which immediately you're thinking about what you, what the hitchhiker said in the van right about you know not killing a cow and uh correctly you know with, with the right swing and just uh and then he really just cool. drags him in and then and then slides the door and the sound is so like definitely final and you're just like kind of shocked because i swear that whole kill scene is like less than five seconds long and oh yeah it's it's super fast and it's just it's so blunt and oh man you're just like i what what oh my gosh like there was no warning there was no because you're like you said you're used to other um you know villains as it were you know taking their time or stalking or it's this big dramatic moment right or a jump scare or something there wasn't a jump scare it was just like hey <laughs> boom you're dead right <laughs> right that actually to tell you the truth that scene when that happened was when i was like I got to figure out how to get Josh to watch this movie because it was immediately, <laughs> it was immediately different than any other slasher film I'd seen. And I was like, yeah, I see back. Cause I'm, do you remember me telling you about this movie when I, when I like, uh, just a couple months ago, this movie yeah. was really impressed with it is even though there's like almost no gore and, and blood in it. Um, it's tense is oh, so very tense. tense movie and it holds up really well. I mean, who cares that the, yeah. Yeah, the dead bodies don't really look real, but like it's tense though. And right. it's just like the part when Sally Hughes runs up, um, gets spooked, knows there's no way out, starts running back down, Leatherface is right there, and then she runs back up and without hesitation runs right out the window. I was just that was like, insane. I was just yeah. like, everybody in this movie actually did what, like, what actually makes sense. Because, yes. Well, it's actually, because the four out of five people get killed so fast, they don't have time to react. And then right. Sally makes sense. She's in hysteria that she's just trying to get away. She doesn't do anything stupid. And right. I thought that was pretty cool. So that was, that was intense when she jumped through the window like that. I'm just like, holy crap. Yeah. And she does it twice. Yeah. Which was awesome. Yeah. And she's like, which that was a fun fact that they actually, the, the script girl, the script supervisor girl, whoever, yeah. uh, part of the crew, she ended up <laughs> jumping through the window because they couldn't afford a stunt person. Are you serious? <laughs> so they just had, yeah. So they just had some girl, I think she put a wig on and then just crashed through the window so the, you know, the main actress didn't have to do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then that angle of her just dropping past the tree and just like hitting the ground. Yeah. And like, I know she hurt her foot, like Marilyn Burns actually hurt her foot because she had to jump from a tree to land on the ground to get that shot and she hurt her, her ankle 
Uh, oh yeah, unreal. So we got we're running out of time in this one, but um, I know, man, this is such a. Look, uh, let's uh, let's right now let's do uh, let's just do some trivia. I'll do one. You, I know you got a lot of trivia on this, right? What I put down here, I definitely. I just had just more a ton of thoughts on it. I think I could just talk about this movie for another hour. So, <laughs> um, yeah, just give us some trivia, and then I got a couple couple little thoughts here at the end. Okay, so according to uh, Edwin Neal, the hitchhiker, uh, a Texas uh, state troopers actually shook his hand and told him thank you because the the crime in Texas actually dropped eighteen percent after this movie came out. <laughs> That's right. And uh, basically, this is one of the first movies where people stopped hitchhiking. Because of this movie, because back you know in the seventies, right. everybody was hitch- hitchhiking. It's all love, man, and right. that is crazy. Because like now, when you see hitchhiking, you're like, no, you could get murdered. That's like your first thought, and um, yeah, so that's that's pretty amazing, dude. So Gunnar Hansen actually did not get along with Paul uh, Partain, uh, who played Franklin, and he realized later he met him several years later, and he realized then that he was a that. Franklin was a method actor. And so they actually became right. like best friends and stayed best friends until the guy who played Franklin passed away. I saw that. Yeah. Well, that was incredible. Yeah. I thought that was just so cool. Um, oh yeah. And you were talking about people smelling. Okay. So we got to talk about the dinner scene real quick. Um, sure. You mentioned briefly this movie, they shot seven days a week, 16 hours a day in the hot Texas sun. And that, so the, but the dinner scene since they had to film it all in a row because the guy who played grandpa, they only had three uh, masks for him and he hated the makeup thing. So he was like, oh no, we're going to do this as much as possible. Oh, you good? Yeah. I heard a beep. I don't know what that was. Sounded like a fire. Uh, Might've been the fire alarm and the scared Sheldon. He just jumped off the bed. Yeah. What was I saying? Oh yeah. 16 hour the days. Grandpa. Right. And grandpa, it took so long to get his mask and makeup together. Right. That he'd, he wanted to do it all in one take. Yeah, he wanted one. He wanted to do it all in one thing. One day. One day. And so the dinner scene that they did was a 26-hour day, and it was they were under hot studio lights the entire time, and the food kept like uh, spoiling, and they had to keep replacing it, and then like to keep right. the uh, the 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 scene going. And so like everybody, like the guy Gunnar Hansen, he smelled so bad because he only had one shirt to wear, his <laughs> Leatherface. And it had, right, it had the entire time. Yeah, it had been dyed, so they couldn't wash it. So that's that's why, like everybody else could wash their clothes, but he couldn't wash that shirt. And so he smelled so bad that like nobody wanted to sit, stand next to him or, or anything during the breaks because he just smelled so right. bad. But yeah, they got plus. I I also heard that a lot of the um, you know the the guts and things that you see and the blood and whatnot that's in the shots and in the room or whatnot is actual animal blood and guts. It is. Yeah. That, that they brought in, which of course is spoiling in the 120 degree weather. I mean, just, uh, I can't even imagine. Plus the BO, everybody's sweating and, uh, yeah, they were saying that like, which I did hear people had to leave and throw up and then come back in and finish their, their scene. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. That is the one thing I think that everybody, that was like one of the last things they did apparently for the movie, which probably is because, they could if they did that that was one of the first things they probably would have not made the rest of the movie right people would have walked yeah (laughs) so i got a crazy story about the film's uh distributor did you read up on that uh remind me i read a bunch of stuff on it but it's kind of all jumbling together okay quick uh quick thing here so toby hooper was trying to find somebody to distribute this and nobody wanted to distribute it which is kind of weird because oh i guess he wanted to distribute this as a real movie not as a uh grindhouse film and so, right. yeah, that's why he's trying to get it actually rated because uh, a lot of movie theaters wouldn't, uh, they, 
They wouldn't play your movie if it wasn't unrated. Um, respectable theaters or whatever. So, right. yeah, they got one that was called Bryanston Distribu- uh, Distribution Company. Turned out to be a mafia front. Looks like you actually used, oh, yeah. <laughs> used the movie to launder profits he made from the, the porn flick Deep Throat. And then it says, uh, in return, the production received only enough money to reimburse the investors and pay the cast and crew $405 a piece. So that's insane. <laughs> so the producers right. eventually discovered, though, that the guy who ran that uh, had lied to them about the film's profits. So, okay, so the movie made $30 million and everybody only got paid like 405 bucks a piece. So he right. majorly ripped them off. And so, uh, yeah, it says after he was arrested on obscenity charges with his role in Deep Throat was revealed, the cast and crew filed suit against him and were awarded $25,000 each. And so then New Line Cinema, which uh, was created in the 80s, uh, actually, they obtained the rights to the film, and um, now they own the rights to the franchise. Right. I thought I heard, too, that they kind of made it right with the cast and crew and paid them some more money, too. They probably did, because it's such a... I thought I saw that. It's such a moneymaker. You could, honestly, you can keep remaking that movie. People would just keep going and seeing it, because Leatherface is an iconic horror character. You You don't think about him as much, but I would say he's the fourth iconic slasher you know yeah i've definitely seen as i was looking up artwork for this movie to put on our our instagram page um they kept popping up with him and you know and the other big three right uh, jason michael and and freddie and i he fits i think he totally fits right oh I, I should say real quick this movie says that it's based on a true story um it's not it's not true at all the, right. the only thing that's sort of true is loosely based off of ed gein who was not right. a serial killer, only killed two people, and but he was a grave robber. So they clearly said that like Leatherface and the Hitchhiker are grave robbers. And then that one scene where Pam falls in and there's like furniture made out of uh, human bones and flesh, um, right. that is actually from Ed Gein. He had done a lot of that stuff in real life. But everything else, the Sawyer family, actually the whole chainsaw thing at Leatherface didn't happen. So right. anyways. Which is crazy because people swear that it did or... I guess people would go up to Gunnar Hansen all the time being like, yeah, man, my uncle's in prison because uh, he's he's the real this or that, or he knows the real. And, and really? Gunner, every time it had to be like, yeah, no, it's none of that's real. Right. <laughs> so I thought this was interesting. It was the biggest grossing independent film until Halloween, which came out four years later. Wow. And then one of the crew members, Dorothy Pearl, this is gross, accidentally injected herself in the leg with formaldehyde while preparing one of the props. You know how gross Ugh. that is? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, let's see here. I think that's about it, actually, that I've got. I mean, I do have a lot more trivia, but I think that's about it for that, the main things that I wanted to talk about on this. Cool. Yeah. I just want to talk about the the last the last scene of the movie is really cool well that and he's swinging around the leatherface is swinging that chainsaw around iconic like a like a like a temper tantrum and it just it was blowing my mind that's a real chainsaw yeah that's not a prop that is a real dangerous chainsaw that he's swinging around apparently he almost killed toby hooper when he was swinging it around uh as you know toby was getting the shot um and even other times in the movie i guess with the chainsaw i mean that's they were really swinging that around the other actors wow which is insane that you would do that i mean that's that just i mean that gives me chills knowing that that was you know real and they were swinging that around but yeah um just oh that last scene it's so iconic iconic um and then just having that hard cut at the end just 
boom and then straight to the credits i mean just yeah the finality of it man that was a uh, that was enjoyable right i mean just boom did the last drop it was i like this movie has a- thank you <laughs> thank you for making me watch this movie <laughs> oh you're welcome yes um yeah the half of this podcast goal for me is to make josh watch movies that he probably wouldn't <laughs> probably wouldn't watch <laughs> i think this is the second one the first one was psycho and yeah this is the second movie where you just you just never got around to seeing them right yeah psycho for sure i just kept putting yeah just never got around and this one i had no intention of really ever watching it um I mean, maybe I would have eventually, or if somebody had it on, I would have watched it, but right. um, I was not that excited until you told me, hey man, this is, this is actually an indie film. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact, and the other thing you told me was just that, yeah, it's actually not that gory. You think it is. Right. And that's what totally got me. Cause you know, watching the, the little trailers for it when I was younger and whatnot, I'm like, oh, this is going to be super disgusting i'm just not into that and and a lot of people thought it was too right that that's what the kind of what the movie is and then you watch it and you're like man if you turned off the sound um i could see where they would almost get that pg rating on a lot of it because it's there's so much is off screen and that grinding it just oh that sound of uh slaughterhouse slaughterhouse Yeah. yeah i mean there's a few songs that they had to get the license for just you know whatever songs were on the radio at the time but um man so intense just grinding on you grating on you i mean that's what makes it so uncomfortable and scary if you will yeah i and i would dare say i i don't think there's any jump scares in this movie like oh, i do th- i think there is i feel like when he gets um franklin yeah like I you know something's that. about to happen and that one still kind of made me jump and i was just like oh that's cool that was a good one because again, I was, I knew it was, something was going to happen the way they were wandering around and it still is just boom. And then, then there he is just, just he's on Franklin. And again, with that super quick kill. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I, you're right. Yeah. Like, there was, so there's one jump scare that a hundred percent works and yeah. yeah. Cause I, I normally hate jump scares, but like, yeah, this one actually, it makes sense that it works. So right. uh, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that we want to discuss before we go into the final verdicts? I mean, other than the fact that we could just keep talking about this movie. There is a lot to discuss. This movie is, is, this movie is brilliant. And the thing is, it's funny too. Like, I actually think the movie works better because it doesn't have hardly any blood or gore in it. it yeah. It makes, 100%. it just, I don't know. It's more, it's more artsy that way for sure. But yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's what constantly gets me is that it's just such a well-made movie. It's a really if you're a fan of good cinematography, this does it. I mean, just these great shots of like looking into the car from like when they're just sitting around, yeah, um, you know, in the car, but it's not moving and just the way it'll like come up, the camera will come up and look in through the window. Um, just, there's not a lot of jerky, uh, you know, hard close-ups or hard, you know, you know, panning back or anything like that, that you see in a lot of, I don't know, other kind of schlocky movies. Yeah. And because you would think this is this would be the perfect you know Roger Corman kind of uh, grindhouse kind of movie, right? The way the, the the content would be, and it's it's just not. It's just it's so interesting to watch, right? And um, yeah. And then like after okay. after this movie came out, then you've got like they put the word massacre in as many movies names as possible, you know. <laughs> and so right, and you know, slumber party massacre, you know, sorority house massacre. Uh, right what I just... i'm watching this uh i'm watching this one called uh was it torso is that what i'm watching right now 
uh, it's another 80s movie that came out about in 83 or something like that uh come on tubi don't fail me oh load i know up. what you're talking about yeah um, load up i haven't seen that one pieces no pieces. Tor- i did watch torso um um but the one i'm watching right now is pieces which is specifically about a, another maniac who is chainsawing uh these girls up into pieces so we can build the perfect woman is it as good as this movie not even close <laughs> i mean like i was saying earlier it's one of these really it's just bad i mean they're not they obviously were kind of borrowing a lot of the concept from this movie especially the chainsaw part um and it's a fun movie it's totally this is a great movie to watch like with a group of friends and and just you know that's kind of what you do that's how right why horror movies are so fun oh yeah um so i'm not knocking that movie uh pieces but it's just oh my gosh absolutely yeah, that's that's a b movie this is not a b movie yeah. this is a legit piece of art i, I agree say. no i totally agree this is not a b movie and i think that's one of the things that really stands this movie apart from all the other slasher films and is that yeah i mean not all of them like uh even the first sure uh halloween is is not a b movie in my opinion but anyways um yeah so let's roll into final verdicts so uh let's do it do you think that this movie um hit what it was going for when it came out Oh, absolutely. I think that was a grand slam when it came out. So I give it an A for uh, relevance when it came out. I give it an A plus, um, I think, actually. It made $30 off of a $140,000 budget. Yeah, absolutely. That's insane. Um, Yeah, and uh, do you think it's still relevant now? Yeah. um, Yeah, I mean, as as a cult classic, as a... I don't know, even just as a general classic, uh, I don't know. I guess I would give it an A. It still rates really high um, when people rank this movie. That's that's a good point. People do rank this movie still really high. Um, I, w- I mean, I wouldn't, give it, I wouldn't give it less than a B. I'll put it that way. I was going to give it a B, but you're right. It does, it's, dude, it's just, it's just better than a lot of other classic um, horror movies. And um, I mean, right. it's definitely, it's serious. So like, you can't compare nightmare on elm street to the well i mean i I guess you can because the first nightmare on elm street is supposed to be serious um Mm -hmm. so anyways um yeah i i get it a i'll give it a b plus for is it still relevant today because like yeah i would definitely recommend this movie if you have not seen this movie guys watch this movie like just get comfortable watch this movie um it starts off slow but then once it gets going it doesn't let up um, this is way more tense than most um, horror, old school horror movies that I've seen, and that really right. impressed me. At just it's 2020, and this movie is still super tense. Oh, incredibly! Yeah. So uh, that kind of goes right into our next one: personal enjoyment, Josh. Personal enjoyment. Uh, yeah, man, I got to give it an A. I, I got to give it an A. I I was shocked, like how much I was enjoying it. I was just, oh man, it's so good. And then, like I said, I kept thinking about it, and I'm still thinking about it. And I just, I kept adding to my notes after the <laughs> fact of just things that jumped out to me and just like oh i mean there's that and there's that yeah yeah i give it an a i'll I'll watch it again for sure i'm glad you liked it man um yeah i i think for personal enjoyment i got to give it a b definitely it's a classic it's halfway through the movie is when it 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 starts for me so um yeah i I give it a b and i think that's being a a little generous for me but Mm -hmm. definitely a classic um so yeah is it a midnight watch so 
like we've said in the past with with other movies, I think there's definitely sequences in this movie. If it was on, I would I would definitely want to watch it. But I can't say that it's a midnight watch for me. Um, I really enjoyed it, but yeah, not every movie we love can be a midnight watch. There's a we'll uh, we'll we'll delve into that subject actually a little bit more uh, next year. Yes, and uh, kind of really show people how how we consider things to be a midnight watch or what that really means yes. to us at least here on the show which that does remind me um oh for me yeah it's not a midnight watch either there's it's a yeah great film uh excellent film just not a no, not a midnight watch for me either but um yeah this after this episode we have one more episode that uh yes. for this year and then we're going to be taking a break for the rest of december and since right. I'm having a baby well, right around then. Yeah. And uh, then. Mazel tov. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And, <laughs> and then we're going to, uh, we're going to come back strong in January. So we've got lots of great right. ideas, lots of ways to kick off the 2021, hopefully 2021 right. in. Season two. Season two. Season two. Yes. More twists and turns like never before. We're going to have a lot more guests on the show. I know this time, this year we didn't really have uh, hardly any but next year, uh, it's going to be slam-packed, I think. And we're going to bring up a lot of new stuff. So we're really excited about that. So, yeah, uh, our next episode is going to be our – we should make it a big deal. It's going to be our Christmas episode. So um, Yes, I'm it is. Yeah, yes. it's the finale and it's the Christmas episode. Right. If you were so in Britain, it, if you yeah, if you were in England, it would be the Christmas special. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyways – um yeah so uh, thank you guys so much for listening for this episode if you enjoyed it watch the movie too yeah but hey where did yeah. so you did you watch this movie on tubi i did okay i love tubi tubi is like one of the best free movie watching apps of all time if you like horror movies if you like old school horror movies 100 percent. yes yeah, seriously. But there's actually a fair amount of like newer-ish ones too. It's surprising. Yeah, no, they keep adding to it. It's a really good. It's a really good app. I watched it on Tubi as well. Um, actually, I want to give a shout out real quick to Shutter though. I was uh, I recently uh, got Shutter again. Very surprised that their movies they're really up in the game too. Um, they're it's actually becoming a pretty good uh, streaming service as well. And that Texas Chainsaw is on that as well. So oh, cool. Yeah, special thanks to our sound producer Jake Colvin. I think that's about it, Josh. Hey, where can they listen to these podcasts? <laughs> well, Jeremy, let me tell you. Uh, obviously, we'd love for you to check it out on Apple Podcasts. That's probably where it's our flagship. I think it is kind of our flagship spot. A majority of you seem to listen on that. Uh, we'd love it if you take a minute, write out um, a couple lines of a review. Would be awesome. Give us five stars. Uh, that would totally help us out with the the algorithm to hopefully get this podcast you know, showing up in other people's feeds, or if you like this, you might like, if you like that podcast, you might like, uh, the midnight watch. So it'd be kind of, it would help us out to get some more exposure. So we'd, we'd love some good reviews. We're also on just about every other platform you can think of. Uh, check us out on Facebook, on Instagram. We'd love to hear you, from, uh, hear from you there. And then of course you can email us at the midnight watch podcast at gmail.com. And I just want to say also, I know this isn't our last episode for this year, second to last episode, but thank you so much to everybody who's been listening and been supporting the show. Uh, we've really been feeling the love from uh, from you people, and we really appreciate it a lot. And we're excited that That's right. people actually like to listen to us talk about movies, because we, <laughs> we do this anyways. We just thought, hey, I know. <laughs> might as well <laughs> record <years>. it. <laughs> I mean, literally That's years. That's what we would do. One of us would call the other person and be like, dude, you see this movie? And we just got to talk about it. 
So right. yeah, but much to, much to the annoyance of uh, spouses and girlfriends before that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, thank you guys so much for everything. You have a fantastic week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. All right, you guys have a fantastic week, and as always, keep up the watch.